You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 40, five audition conferences for summer stock employment. Let's get started. This is Maggie Barra here. Welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If you're a newbie, then hey, thanks for joining us. And if you're an oldie, I love you. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every Monday for your enjoyment. And show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Before we dive in today, I, of course, have to give my shout out to the reviewer of the week. This week's review comes from Liv Wheeler. And Liv Wheeler gave me a really, really beautiful review that I want to read to you guys. So she says this, like a best friend always there, Maggie guides her listeners in sound, honest advice while never hesitant in being herself. Her producing is astounding and always top quality, and she is casual and comforting. Thank you, Maggie. Keep them coming. Thanks, Liv, for leaving me that beautiful review. If you guys have just a hot sec and you haven't already, please, please, please leave me a quick review on iTunes or Spotify. I don't know, wherever you're listening to the podcast today. It really helps my podcast grow and it helps me continue to create content for you for free. What? What is free nowadays? Who knows? But this podcast is so heck yeah. Alrighty. So today we're talking about summer stock. And just to give you an idea of what summer stock really is, if you haven't heard the term before or you have no idea what I'm talking about, in American theater, summer stock theater is just theater that presents stage productions only in the summer. The name combines the season with the tradition of staging shows by a resident company, reusing stock scenery and costumes. Summer stock theaters frequently take advantage of seasonal weather by having their productions outdoors or under tents set up temporarily for their use. Like, for example, the Muni, which is in St. Louis, they put on their productions only over the summer and only outside. Some smaller theaters still continue this tradition, and a few summer stock theaters have become highly regarded by both patrons as well as performers and designers. Equity status and pay for these theaters varies very, very greatly. Often viewed as the starting point for many actors, summer stock casts are typically young with students pretty much in college or just out of college, mixed in with a good deal of professional actors. And I just found this out, actually. Summerstock started in the 1920s with four theaters, and they were the Muni, which is in St. Louis. That started in 1919. It's the nation's oldest and largest outdoor musical theater. There's also the Manhattan Theater Colony, which was first started near Peterborough, New Hampshire in 1927, and then moved to Ogunquit, Maine. 
There's the Cape Playhouse, which is in Dennis, Massachusetts, and that started in 1927. And then the Berkshire Playhouse, which is in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, and that began in 1928. The structure was basically to present different plays in weekly or bi-weekly repertory performed by a resident company, generally between the months of June and September. Shows usually consisted of light comedies, romances, and fun productions. Some other notable summer theaters include the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon, Rocky Mountain Rep Theater in Grand Lake, Colorado, the Utah Shakespearean Festival in Cedar City, Utah, the Williamstown Theater Festival in Williamstown, Massachusetts, and the Barn Theater in Michigan. There are way too many summer stock theaters to name, but those are just a couple of them. And if you're interested in auditioning for them, there are a few ways that you can do this without even being in New York City. There are what we consider regional combined auditions across the country. These combined auditions give actors, dancers, and singers the chance to audition in front of hundreds of theater companies, production teams, and theme parks. And at large unified auditions, musical theater actors are usually expected to perform a song and a monologue under 90 seconds. These types of regional combined auditions are held across the country every single year. So if you're looking to increase your chances for acting employment over the summer, Then get ready for a road trip because here are five of the largest combined auditions for performance opportunities and employment for summer stock. The first one is Straw Hats. So they are typically located at Pace University in New York City. And the Straw Hat auditions are open to non-equity performers only, ages 18 and older, And there are specific auditions for singers, dancers, and actors. So with Straw Hat auditions, opportunities are available in summer theaters, production and entertainment companies, cruise ships, theme parks, and special events. If you receive an audition time, you are accepted from over a thousand other applicants. So what that means is you do have to apply for an audition time for an audition slot of one of the three days, I believe it is. Straw Hats are an event that attract a lot of theater producers, directors, and casting directors, and sometimes even a few people who are not even formally registered. Roughly 30 to 50 companies usually attend. Past company attendees included Clear Space Theater, Cleveland Musical Theater, Millbrook Playhouse, Weathervane Theater, Walt Disney, and RWS Entertainment Group. At number two, we have the Unified Professional Theater Auditions, otherwise known as UPTAs, U-P-T-A. UPTAs are typically located at Playhouse on the Square in Memphis, Tennessee, They have two different kinds of auditions. Pre-professional auditions are available for students who will be graduating from undergrad programs, and then the regular auditions are for more experienced performers. Equity and non-equity performers can go to these kinds of auditions. Production personnel with an undergraduate theater degree can also schedule interviews. But note this, all applicants to the UPTAs must be available to work year-round. 
The pros of UPDAs is that companies that register to attend UPDAs are required to offer either paid year-round employment, paid job-in employment, or paid internships. Everything must be paid. Usually between 80 to 100 theaters, theme parks, and cruise lines from across the U.S. attend these kinds of auditions, so you definitely have a wider net. At number three, we have the Midwest Theater Auditions, or the MWTAs. These auditions are usually held at Webster University in St. Louis, Missouri. For the Midwest Theater Auditions, equity and non-equity actors are accepted on a first-come, first-served basis. Performers who wish to be considered for musicals can sing a song, but all auditioners must prepare at least one non-musical piece, i.e. a monologue. Optional dance auditions are also held each day. So the Midwest theater auditions are not sanctioned by any specific union, which means both equity and non-equity applicants may audition, which is great. At least 50 theater representatives over the course of three days attend these auditions every year. Past theater attendees included the Arrow Rock Lyceum Theater, Maple's Rep Theater, the Crane River Theater, Hope Summer Repertory Theater, and Tibbetts Summer Theater. At number four, we have the New England Theater Conference, otherwise known as NETC. They are usually held at the Crown Plaza in Natick, Massachusetts. And for NETCs, auditions are only open to non-equity members and equity membership candidates. Equity members are not eligible to apply for this. So if you're equity, sorry about it. Applicants must be college students or adults over 18. At NETCs, producers are interested in seeing young performers as well as mature adult talent with professional experience and or experience in community or summer theaters for both seasonal and job in employment. So they can be looking for year-round employment or they could just be looking for summer stock employment. Companies also at NETCs interview musical directors, designers, and applicants for technical and staff positions. So the good thing about NETCs, even though they're only open to non-equity performers, NETC theaters offer both job-in and full-season employment, as well as equity membership candidacy programs. If you are not sure what an equity membership candidate is, or if you've never heard of that term before, go ahead and check out the first couple of episodes of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast where I talk about Actors Equity Association, what that is, and all of the perks and pluses of being a member of the union. So for NETCs, an average of 40 companies are represented at these auditions annually including summer and year-round theaters. And remember, just because non-equity performers are only allowed to go to these auditions, equity and non-equity houses, equity and non-equity theaters do come to these auditions. Also, college-based summer theaters come, repertory companies come, Shakespearean and Renaissance festivals come and audition people, outdoor dramas and fairs, music theaters, touring companies, children's theaters, and dinner theaters. They really have a wide variety of 
productions and companies that audition actors at NETCs, as well as casting companies and professional theater training companies and conservatories. Lastly, at number five, we have the Southeastern Theater Conference, otherwise known as SETC. So the SETC 2018 fall auditions were held in Uptown Charlotte, North Carolina, and then the spring auditions were held in Knoxville, Tennessee. To be eligible to audition as a professional at SETCs, performers must be 19 or older, they must not be enrolled in school, and must have had a minimum of two paid professional theater jobs since completing their training. Dancer auditions are held separately at the spring auditions. And then students are able to qualify for their own spring and fall sessions to audition for undergraduate and graduate programs. Students and adults can also attend professional screening auditions in their state to qualify for those spring professional auditions if they do not meet the criteria. SETC's professional auditions draw stock and repertory companies, cruise lines, outdoor festivals, children's theater companies, touring companies, theme parks, and so much more that offer both professional summer and or full-time positions. In terms of numbers, more than 30 professional theaters attend the fall auditions to see about roughly 200 actors, and the spring auditions host more than 90 companies and audition more than 800 actors. So, if you're trying to figure out if it's worth it to go to any of these regional combined summer stock theater auditions, then I would suggest for more information regarding audition dates, application deadlines, entry fees, eligibility requirements, and audition tips, I would really suggest that you visit each organization's website, which I will link to in the description below. When it comes to preparing for these auditions, make no mistake, these theater conferences are handled just as professionally as auditions in New York City. So you really have to take your preparation seriously. Many theater companies and others who cast talent will be there. So you have a very brief time to shine for all of them. That's why I think these auditions are really, really excellent opportunities to get a lot of exposure. Even if they don't have something this season for you, they may be impressed enough to hold on to your headshot and resume for future shows. So what I would suggest is preparing for these types of auditions months in advance. You really need for your material, your songs, your monologues to be second nature to you because these should be as polished as any monologue or song you do for a New York City casting. When it comes time to selecting your monologues and songs for these auditions, I know it's tricky, but you want to present yourself as easy to work with, affable, smart, mature, and someone who will be a productive part of the season for which you are auditioning for. So just a couple of tips. First of all, and most important, 
I would suggest avoid finding material from compilations of monologues and songs, such as Hal Leonard's The Singer's Musical Theater Anthology and different voice parts. These books are really, really great if you're putting together a cabaret or if you're singing in an open venue because they come with CDs of the music being sung and just instrumental. They're awesome. However, they are a very popular commodity and used by many voice teachers and singers. So unless you excel at one of the songs it contains, I really wouldn't risk it. If it's overused, the auditioners are going to be sick of hearing it. And remember, at these combined regional theater auditions, they can hear a lot of material all day. And if you're bringing in something that hundreds of people have sung in before you, they're going to get really tired really quickly. So here are my tips for monologues. Choose something that really speaks to you. If you're funny, showcase that. Comedic monologues in these types of auditions work so well. People love to laugh. And that is really true of your auditioners. Now, usually you would select your monologue or song according to the show that's being done, such as what you would do in most auditions in New York City, but since these types of auditions are for a myriad of shows, you really need to do something that is true to you. Be sure to fall within the time limits. When you're doing your research about each of these auditions, make sure you're very particular about the length of your pieces that is required of you. I did the Straw Hat auditions two years in a row, a couple of years ago, and they are very specific. If it says a specific amount of time and you are nearing it, someone will stop you and cut you off from finishing your piece. And that is very common at any of these auditions because they have a lot of people to get through. So just make sure that you are super prepared and that you have your pieces practiced up, down, left, right, inside, out, so that you do not exceed the time limit required. These auditions run like well-oiled machines. I'd also suggest for monologues, don't do something with an accent. Any dialects in which your profession or languages you speak should just go on your resume. For this kind of audition, you should really not change your speaking voice unless the monologue calls for it. Because at that point, it might just be better to select another monologue. If that is the case, don't do a heavy accent. Just keep it light. This brief time is all that you have to let them know who you are. And if you do an accent, you really just limit yourself. As for songs, I would advise against picking a song just for the high notes. Too often this occurs at the end of the song and you hear thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people just belting the last note of a song in the time frame that they're given. And yes, I would suggest showing off your range, especially if you have a really beautiful wide range. But at the same time, make sure that you're picking material that tells a story. I understand that you only have a certain amount of time, but that doesn't mean you should risk not having the opportunity to tell a story. Make sure also that your music is clean, you have a good copy, and that dynamic markings or instructions to the accompanist are written super, super clearly. If you take a fermata at the end of the phrase, mark it and highlight it so that the accompanist can follow along without difficulty. Some of these theater conferences have very specific requirements for this, so take note. 
Never hand an accompanist music straight from a book. Never do that. Ever, 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 ever. These are super difficult to keep in place, depending on the size. And there's just too much of a chance that it'll fall down. Why sabotage yourself? Some more general notes that I learned over time. Really stray away from doing anything excessive that has unnecessary profanity. In fact, honestly, profanity should just be completely avoided. Some of these directors and producers are super old school, and any profanity immediately turns them off. They also may believe you speak that way in life, and you really don't want to deal with that in general. Yes, it's old-fashioned, but profanity is typically used as a shock mechanism. If a show calls for profanity, then fine, but your monologue in an audition like this really should not have any curses. I would also stay away from any monologues or songs that are about any hot button or political issues. At best, you're probably going to offend someone. And at worst, the directors and producers may write you off immediately because they disagree with your position, even if it's not your position. I'd also stay away from anything that has excessive sexual innuendo. It's similar to profanity and it can make your auditioners really uncomfortable. You just have such a short time to make an impression, so don't let it be the one that leaves them wondering about your morality. <laughs> you know, your time should be used wisely. Yes, it's not a fair judgment, but whether you have 60 seconds or 90 seconds or two minutes, is this really how you want to present yourself to a theater that's directing Oklahoma or Showboat? Yes, there may be sexy roles to fill, and you can hint at that, especially if that's your type or it's something you draw to. But let them make that decision. Let them decide whether or not you're right for that role. So if you're interested in more information on any of these auditions, again, head on over to their websites. You're going to find a lot of information on each company's website. Because, listen, these Theater conference auditions are really excellent opportunities to be seen by a plethora of theaters, cruise lines, and other casting agencies. They are unusual in their time format and number of auditionees, but if you prepare for them correctly, you will shine and you will be wanted by many theaters. And if you are an aspiring actor, these kind of auditions might actually open the door for you for your first professional gig. You never know. So with all that being said and done, thank you for joining me this week. If you haven't already, screenshot the episode, post it to your Instagram. I love seeing who is following along with me and tag at Actor Aesthetics so I can see that. For further inquiries and any other suggestions for the podcast, shoot me an email at maggie at actoraesthetic.com or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Tribe, which is really lovely and I love the community we have going on over there. It takes a village, y'all. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.